Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today we're reading from Redwood Pioneer by Betty Sterling. Chapter 14. The Stranger. Mikey had been very busy for several days. The vegetables in the garden were ready to harvest, and it turned out he was chief harvester. Pa, Pat, and Tom were away every day gathering tan bark. Sometimes they were away two or three days at a time. Often they took the donkey loads or sled loads of the bark directly to Boulder and stacked it on the wagon, but sometimes they brought it to the cabin to dry. Mikey wished he could go along on the trips to Boulder so he could see Jake, but Pa said no. Pa said that Ma needed Mikey to help her, especially now that she had the new baby to look after. Mikey had dug the baskets and baskets of fat potatoes and stored them. He had pulled and dried the onions and put the corn in the corn crib until they could have it ground into meal. He had stacked the round orange pumpkins in the pantry, along with the big green Hubbard squash. He had put the dried beans and peas into neatly tied sacks. He was glad now to have a little vacation before he had to harvest the winter supply of carrots, turnips, cabbages, and other vegetables. This afternoon, he meant to search for more cocoons to keep in a dark box until spring. He went slowly down the stream, looking on the backs of the lily leaves and on the bushes for the cocoons. He had found three different kinds already besides two kinds he had found in the garden when he was harvesting the vegetables. He came to a place where the stream widened, and there was a dry sandbar. The warm sand looked so inviting that Mikey stretched out in the sunshine and looked up at the blue sky above. All around him, the redwoods towered. They seemed more friendly now that he knew them better. From where he lay, they looked tall enough to catch the tiny white clouds that floated across the sky. The bees and other insects made a drowsy sound, and the creek murmured sleepily. Mikey's eyes began to droop shut, and soon he was sound asleep. Suddenly he woke. He sat up and glanced around, trying to see what had awakened him. Then he heard a soft pad-pad noise. His eyes darted this way and that, trying to see what had made the noise. He knew it couldn't be Pa and the boys coming back to the cabin yet, for it was only the middle of the afternoon. The sound seemed to be coming closer. He was sure it couldn't be a deer, nor either of the cows, and Pa had all three donkeys. He stepped quietly into the shadows of the redwoods and waited. He didn't feel afraid as he had when they first came to the redwood country. He was only curious. A tall man with a pack on his back came into sight across the stream. Mikey watched him without speaking. The man came down to the stream bed and looked around. If he noticed Mikey's footprints in the sand, he did not show it. Mikey watched him catch a large butterfly in a net. The man examined the butterfly and then let it go. He stopped and took a drink from the creek and then stood up and looked around. Mikey wondered what he should do. He wished Pat or Tom were with him. They always knew what to do and say, but Mikey was shy. He had seen too few people in his life to be at ease with a stranger. But finally, his curiosity got the best of his shyness. He wanted to know why the stranger was here catching butterflies. He stepped out of the shadows. Hello, he said. The stranger turned toward him quickly. Howdy, young fellow. Glad to see you. He smiled at Mikey. You're one of O'Grady boys? 
Mikey nodded solemnly. I'm Mikey O'Grady, sir. I'm Hiram Downs, said the stranger. I'm a naturalist. They told me in Boulder I'd find your cabin up here. I'll take you to it, said Mikey. He wondered what a naturalist was, but he was afraid it wasn't polite to ask. He picked up his little box of cocoons and started up the creek toward the cabin. The stranger followed. Soon they came to the deep pool where the two creeks joined. The younger O'Grady's were waiting and laughing as they splashed the cold water around. Hello, children, Mr. Downs said. Mary clapped her hand over her mouth and dashed up the path toward the cabin. Sean and Liam followed her like two frightened fawns. Not used to black-bearded strangers, are they? The man asked Mikey. He laughed as chubby Liam tried to scramble up the deep path. Mikey stepped lightly across the creek on the rocks. The man followed him slowly, balancing carefully in his heavy boots. When they reached the top of the steep bank, they could see Ma and Martha standing on the porch, with Mary, Sean, and Liam all trying to hide behind Ma's skirts. Mr. Downs bowed slightly toward Ma and took off his hat. He introduced himself again. Mikey, Ma said, bring my rocking chair out here on the porch so Mr. Downs can rest. While Mikey got the chair, Martha poured a glass of cool buttermilk from the churning of that morning and took it out to the visitor. He drank it gratefully. It's hot weather we've been having for the Redwood Country, Ma said. Mr. Downs agreed. But it's cool here compared to San Jose and the valleys beyond, he said. Ma soon excused herself to feed the baby and fix supper. Don't go to any trouble for me, Mr. Downs said. I'm used to roughing it. Ma didn't say anything, but Mikey knew they would have an extra special supper. They didn't have company often. In fact, they hadn't had any company since they moved to the Redwoods. He settled himself on the steps to watch the stranger. Mr. Downs had picked up a stick of redwood that was lying on the porch and was carving it with his shiny pocket knife. Mikey wondered what he would make. Sean and Liam kept creeping closer to watch. Then Mikey knew what it was. It was a boat, only as long as Mikey's hand. Mr. Downs smoothed it with his knife and then handed it to Sean. Sean grinned shyly and hugged the boat. "'What do you say to the man, Sean?' Mary asked. "'Thank you,' Sean muttered with a wider grin. He dashed down the path to try the boat in the pool. Liam's face puckered and the tears rolled down his cheeks. "'I want a boat, too,' he wailed. "'Here, here,' Mr. Downs said. "'I'll make you one if you'll find me a dry stick.' Liam ran around the house to the woodpile and returned with a heavy chunk of redwood. Mr. Downs laughed. "'You want a battleship, don't you, Sonny?' He split the wood into smaller pieces with his knife and soon had carved another boat just like Sean's. Liam was delighted. "'Thank you,' he shouted, not at all shyly. He ran down the path to join Sean at the pool. The man considered the redwood sticks he had split and then chose a thick one. Mikey wondered what he would make this time. Slowly, the stick began to take shape. "'A doll!' Mikey exclaimed." Mary peeked around the back of the chair to watch. Soon, the man handed her the doll. "'Will you name it Redwood?' Mikey teased her. "'No,' Mary said. "'I'll name it Rosie, like the baby.' She wrapped her kerchief around it like a blanket and sat on the steps rocking it and humming a lullaby. "'Mr. Downs,' Mikey began, and then stopped. "'What did you want to know?' the man asked. "'What is a naturalist?' Mikey just couldn't wait until Pa came to find out." A person who studies birds and flowers and trees and animals, Mr. Downs said. 
I've been exploring the Redwood Country all summer to see the different kinds of trees and other things that grow here. Is that why you caught the butterfly? Mikey asked. Why, yes. Did you see me? Mikey nodded. I was watching you from the shadow of the trees. Mr. Downs reached into his pack that he had set beside the chair. He pulled out a thick notebook and opened it. You see, going by myself through the forest, I can't carry specimens of all the birds, insects, and plants, so I make drawings of them. He opened the notebook and showed Mikey a colored drawing of a butterfly. I already had a picture of that butterfly, so after I examined it, I let it go. Mary looked at the pictures, too. Mikey draws pictures like that, she told Mr. Downs. Mikey could feel his face getting warm under his freckles when Mr. Downs looked at him. He didn't like Mary to tell his secrets. He draws wonderful pictures of snakes and birds and animals and butterflies, Mary rattled on. And he has cocoons and caterpillars and nests and shells and rocks. She stopped, out of breath. Mikey wanted to crawl under the porch and hide. Suppose this man laughed at him like Pat always did. But Mr. Downs was looking at him kindly, not laughing at all. Could I see your drawings, he asked. Mikey went into the house and ran up the ladder. He came down a minute later, clutching his precious copybook. He did hope Mr. Downs wouldn't make fun of his drawings. Mr. Downs looked through the book slowly. He named each animal and bird, and most of the butterflies and plants as he looked at them. Would you write down the names for me? Mikey asked, forgetting now about being laughed at. All he could think of now was this wonderful chance to learn more about the wild creatures. Mr. Downs printed the names of the animals and plants in each of Mikey's drawings. You've done well, son, he said. You have drawings of some birds and insects that I haven't seen yet. Mind if I copy them? Mikey was thrilled to think that this man wanted to copy his pictures. He stood beside the rocking chair to watch him sketch the picture quickly. Do you remember the colors? Mr. Downs asked, taking a package of colored pencils from his pack. Oh, yes, said Mikey. Mr. Downs handed him the pencils, and Mikey colored his own pictures. Then Mr. Downs copied the colors on his own drawings. I'd like to be a naturalist one day, Mikey said. Could I be? Indeed you could, said Mr. Downs. You're off to a good start. You keep watching for everything in the forest and learn all you can. Then, when you're old enough, you can go to college and learn more about science. Someday this country will need many naturalists for teachers and to take care of the forest. Maybe you'll be able to help. I hope I can, said Mikey. His eyes were shining. He had known before that grown folks studied about the forest creatures. The smell of supper was drifting out the door to them, and Mikey suddenly remembered that he hadn't had a thing to eat since dinner. He hoped Pa and Pat and Tom would come soon, or he'd have to grab a bite before supper. He hoped Ma would make shortcake to eat with blackberries and cream. Mm-mm. The thought made him hungrier than ever. Finally, they heard the braying of the donkeys, and Pa and the boys trooped down the garden path with loads of bark. Mr. Downs went to meet them. Mikey hung back. He could tell that Pa liked Mr. Downs at once. Maybe Pa would ask him to stay several days. Mikey hoped so. Mikey and Tom fed the donkeys and milked the cows. Mikey was getting hungrier by the minute. When Tom wasn't looking, he squirted some milk into his mouth. Tom always laughed at him for getting his fresh milk that way. Mikey and Tom were bringing the milk to the kitchen when Ma came to the door and called them to supper. Martha had spread the best linen tablecloth and set out the best dishes. The table was loaded with good things to eat. There were baked squash with butter trickling over it, 
mashed turnips and cream, roast venison, mashed potatoes, sour cream gravy, and other things. Mikey licked his lips. Pa showed each one where to sit, and Mr. Down sat next to Pa. Mikey didn't say anything during supper. Children weren't supposed to talk at the table when there was company, and besides, he was too busy eating. Pa and Mr. Downs talked about President Grant, the governor of California, something they called politics, the new railroads, and other interesting things that Mikey had never heard of. Once in a while, Pat talked, too, but then Pat was almost grown up. I have a couple of newspapers in my pack, said Mr. Downs. The San Jose Mercury and the Santa Cruz Sentinel. They aren't exactly up to date, but I thought maybe you'd like to have them. I would, said Pa. We don't keep up much on the news here. I always carry a few papers when I go into the wilderness, said Mr. Downs. The forest families don't often get new reading matter. No, said Pa, but the forest is a place to live, even if a body can't keep up on the news of which country is fighting which. But I fear someday the forest will be gone, and there will be no more wilderness to move to. I don't think so, said Mr. Downs. I believe our government will recognize the value of the forests and close some of them to logging. Do you really think so? Pat asked. I do. Right here is one of the best of the stands of the coast redwoods. I wouldn't be surprised if all this area would one day be a public park. They sat down and talked after the berry shortcake was gone. Mr. Downs wanted to hear about the tan bark business and the lumbering that was going on around Boulder. When it began to get dark, they went into the front room and built up the fire in the fireplace. Ma lit the special kerosene lamp as well as the candles, and Mikey thought the room looked real pretty. Ma shoved the trundle bed into the corner of the room and put Sean and Liam to bed. They were fast asleep before Mikey could wink. Rosie's cradle was in the girls' room. Mary was sitting in the corner near the fire holding her redwood doll. The others sat on chairs around the fire, and Mikey stretched out on a thick braided rag rug. He watched Mary playing with the doll until she fell asleep and Pa carried her into her bed. The men talked about politics until after Mary was asleep. Then they talked about the forest again. Mikey was feeling drowsy. He couldn't understand much of the talk. Then Mr. Downs said something that made his ears prick up right away. Ever see any bears in the redwoods? he asked Pa. No, Pa said. There aren't any bears. They were all killed off years ago. The loggers thought they were all killed, said Mr. Downs. About a week ago, though, one of the loggers was attacked by an old grizzly down near Boulder. You don't say, exclaimed Pa. Mikey sat up. A real bear in the forest. The man was killed, Mr. Downs went on. Of course, the loggers don't always have guns with them. But fortunately, this group did. One of the men shot at the bear and wounded it badly, but it got away. Takes more than one shot to kill a grizzly, I hear, said Pat. Yes, said Mr. Downs. They've sent out hunting parties to locate the bear, but they haven't found it again. People in Boulder are worried now for fear it will come again. Mikey was trembling with excitement and fear. What if the bear came near the garden or the cabin? He knew well enough how to shoot the gun that hung on the wall, always loaded for use. But if one shot didn't kill a grizzly... Pa looked thoughtfully. I think I'll have to watch more carefully when we're out for bark, and Ma'll have to keep the little ones close to the cabin, added Pat. Mikey's the only one at home that knows how to shoot. Ma can handle the gun, said Pa. I taught her the first time we moved into the wilderness. Ma smiled. Mikey knew she didn't like to shoot, but she did know how. The grizzly was old, said Mr. Downs. 
They think it will try to break into some cabin to get easy food. Or, of course, it may have been hurt badly enough that it will die. In a way, that would be bad, said Pa. No one would know what had become of it. A person couldn't feel easy if he was alone in the forest. Mr. Downs laughed softly. That's right. I slept with one eye open last night myself. Our cabin is tight, said Pa. You won't need to worry tonight. He stood up and stretched. Morning comes early. Better be trotting up the ladder to bed, boys. The boys climbed the ladder to the loft. Mikey took a quick look at his pet snake before Pat blew out the candle. He tried to think of all the wonderful things Mr. Downs had told him about the forest, so he wouldn't dream about grizzly bears sneaking around the cabin. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Visit our website at www.enchantedlibrary.net to see our past books or to connect with us on Facebook. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.